Go with me, if you would, to the book of James, the third chapter again, and to the book of Proverbs 18. In James, the third chapter and verse 2, he says, For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man and able also to bridle the whole body. If you don't miss it in what you say, you are a developed, mature individual. One of the biggest indicators of where we are spiritually, if we're a baby or we're a mature one, is how much we miss it in what we say. He went on in this chapter to talk about how that you control, you can control a big horse with a small bit in its mouth. You can control a giant ship on huge waves and winds with the small uh, rudder uh, controlled by the helm. I think if he's writing it today, he might have said, it's like the steering wheel in your car. What's like the bit in the horse's mouth? What's like the rudder on the ship? What's like the steering wheel in the car? Your and my tongue, our mouth, what we say. Is it true that what we are saying is steering our life? Most Christians don't believe it. I know they don't because of the way they talk. Because if you believed that what you you were saying was influencing and directing your life, you'd choose what you said more carefully, wouldn't you? You wouldn't say just anything if you really believed it was affecting your life, impacting your life. So most people don't really believe it. They believe you can say a whole lot of stuff and it just affects nothing. It matters not. But it's not so. Proverbs 18. Would you turn and look there please? Proverbs 18 and 20. says, A man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth and with the increase of his lips... Shall he be filled? How are you going to get full? How are you going to get satisfied? By making your mouth do what it should do. Do its duty. Saying the right thing. Verse 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. That's quite a statement. Is it true? Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. They that love what shall eat the fruit thereof of what? If you if you love to talk life, you're going to eat life. If you love to talk death, you're going to experience death. Whatever you love to talk is what you're going to experience. It's what you're going to eat. Does it matter what we say? How much does it matter? It is a matter of life and death. It's just a fact. If you would go with me over to the book of, uh, let's see, um, 1 Peter 3 and Ephesians 4. In 1 Peter 3, down about verse 8 or so, he said, finally be ye all of one mind. Having compassion one of another. Love as brethren. Be pitiful. That's not like we use it today. (laughs) You don't want to be that kind of pitiful. Be courteous. You know that would be a revelation for a lot of people right there. wouldn't? Be courteous. 
Um, you know, a definition of that word from the original is threefold to be humble, friendly, and kind. Humble, friendly, and kind is a, a way to describe courteous. Verse uh, 9, not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but contrarywise blessing, knowing that you are thereunto called that you should inherit a blessing. You are called to blessing and you are called to bless. Say it out loud, I'm called to blessing. And I'm called to bless. bless. Say it again. Let's say it together. I'm called to blessing. And I'm called to bless. One more time. I'm called to blessing. And I'm called to bless. He said don't render evil for evil. What if people curse you? Luke 6, 28 says, bless them that curse you. Pray for them that despitefully use you. Romans 12, 14 says similar thing. Bless them which persecute you. Bless and curse not. You're not, you're, are you a child of God? You born again? You're not a curser. What are you? You're a blesser. You're not a cursor. Now, cursing is confused in our parts with cussing. Cussing and cursing may or may not be a similar thing. A lot of what people call cussing is slander, actually. It's name calling and slander. And the Bible says, he that utters a slander is a fool. You hear somebody cussing and name calling you blankety blank blankety blank you're listening to a fool the Bible says only fools talk that way Selah I didn't write that I'm quoting it from the Bible I don't want to be a fool do you so I don't talk that way right we are not said out loud I'm not a cursor I'm not a slanderer I'm not a name caller. I'm not a fool. No matter what the world, you know, just because the world talks that way and acts that way doesn't mean we do. We're in the world. We're not of the world. We're supposed to be different. And this is one of the ways we're supposed to be different. Now, in popular cussing, if you will, damning something is similar to cursing like the Bible is talking about. When people damn this and they damn that, and they're just using words that they heard somebody else say, and they're mad, they're upset, they're frustrated. But damn has a spiritual meaning. Words are not supposed to be just for expression and communication. Words are to impart, to release power. And the scripture we just read said, you're releasing life or death. What we're saying is helping us or hurting us. It's healing us or making us sick. 
It's enlightening us or it's making us dumb. Are you with me? It's causing opportunities and money and stuff to come to us or it's keeping it away from us. You believe it or not? And you and I got no business damning things. Why would you want to damn your lawnmower? Or damn your car? Or damn, because the word damn means to doom to destruction and failure. To doom it. People don't even know what they're doing when they're, they, you know, they're just saying stuff because they're mad and upset. And when they're damning this and damning that, what they're saying is, I doom you to failure and destruction. Well, now it sure ain't going to work. <laughs> even if you got something that's kind of or is a piece of junk, if it's what you got, it's what you got. And it needs to serve you till you can get the next thing. And you are not going to make it through until then by damning it and dooming it to failure and destruction. What it needs is some blessing. <laughs> I know you don't feel like blessing it because it's being cantankerous and you ain't got time to waste with it. But if you got any wisdom, you know it needs help. <laughs> huh? I'm talking to some folks right now. Your car needs help. Your washing machine needs help. Your, your refrigerator needs help. You got some stuff that needs help. Somebody said, well, now I just don't know about it. You're talking about things and stuff. Now, I don't, what does God care about a refrigerator? He cares about what affects you. Just like you care about what affects your little children. Little sis may come in a crying, got a little doll that's been drugged through the mud and put through everything and made it through the microwave and everything else. And, <laughs> and this little arm is gone somewhere. And it's not worth 20 cents. But it matters to her. So daddy will sit down and make a project out of it. And put little doll back together. Not because he cares about this little piece of plastic. Because he cares about his child. And it matters to the child. Well that's the way our stuff is. You know the Lord's not giving a whole lot of thought to your car or your machinery. But if it affects you he cares. Because he cares about you. And yes, he can bless stuff. I said he can and does bless stuff. Think, inanimate things. Do you remember when he brought the Israelites out of Egyptian bondage? The Bible said their clothes, their shoes didn't wear out for decades. Now how is it you walking in the desert all the time for decades? And your shoes don't wear out. Your clothes don't wear out. That's because they're blessed. The Lord's keeping it. Something is sustaining it. And I, I tell you, the Lord will bless what other people might call a clunker, a junker. But you don't call it that. What do you call it? Blessed. I mean, if it won't start, if it's jumping out of gear, if the heater's not working, don't start cussing. And don't start damning and dooming the fa- It's already got enough problems. 
It's obvious barely making it as it is. What does it need? It needs some blessing. So you, so you lay your hand on that dash. Say, Lord, I thank you for this car. I don't feel like saying it. I'm telling you what to say. Put your hand on the dash. Because what would you have if you didn't have that? You'd be in the road walking and it's cold out there. Come on now. You put your hand and you say, Lord, I thank you for this automobile. I say this is a good automobile. This car will serve me well as long as I need it. I bless this car. Car, work right. Engine, work right. Transmission, work right. Heater, work right. Don't be moved if it blows some more cold air. Just just keep, keep saying good things over it. Now, if you do that over a car, why wouldn't you do that over your kid? That boy of mine, I tell you, he's got rocks for brains. What in the world were you thinking, boy? He is the most rebellious rascal. Hey, if he's acting up, you already got enough issues. Without you, especially if you're a parent, you have authority in that child's life and your words carry weight in their life and affect them and influence them. I know you may be tempted to say some things when they pull some shenanigans. When they do some stuff for the 34th time. You will be tempted, but bite your lip. Because you know that words matter. And even if they're not acting like it, you say it. He's a fine young man. He'll grow up. She'll grow up and honor the Lord. They'll bring honor to, to this family. They'll bring honor to the church and to the Lord. They have great things in them. Faith says it when you can't see any of it. But these words help to bring it up in them. Help them to see it. Do you know, we, especially in the formative years of our life and even into adulthood, we are largely seeing ourselves through others' eyes. The concept and perception we have of ourself, you didn't just get it by looking in the mirror. You got it by what others have said over you, good or bad. And so it can be a damaging thing when people are saying bad things over people and they hear it and they believe, yeah, I am that bad thing. Then you become what you behold and what you say. But some of the folks that God had put in my life, and I know a lot of you would say the same thing, but I'm talking about myself. There have been individuals, particularly a handful, a few, that God has put in my life that it's, it's important times and junctures of my life. They said things to me about me that I hadn't seen. They saw things in me that I hadn't seen in me. They believed I could do things that I hadn't thought I could do. And the Lord helped me to see myself through what they're seeing. How do I know what they're seeing? They're saying it. And actually what's happening is the Lord's helping me to see myself through his eyes. But he's using them to do it. And it caused me 
to take another look at myself and to believe I was capable of more and to believe I could be something more and greater, which defines blessing. Damning is dooming something to failure and destruction. Blessing is the opposite. Blessing is speaking impartation that causes to increase, that causes to multiply. One of my favorite definitions, causes to become greater. To become greater. This is wonderful. That it causes this person, this situation, this entity to become more than it was. To become bigger, to become better, to become something uh, now is there that wasn't there before. And it's greater. Would God use you to speak words into people's lives that would cause them to become more than what they are? To cause them to become greater than what they are. I remember my dad and my mom. My mom's sitting here this morning. Mom, would you stand please and, and, and wave to the folks? My mother. As a little boy, little boy. I mean, we weren't super wealthy. We're country people and, and little house and little stuff. And, but I'd come in. I got the idea, I'm going to be an astronaut. I'm serious. I'm just a little boy, little kid. I come running in and I said, I'm going to be an astronaut. And you know what they told me? Both of them. They said, well, the astronaut program's tough to get into and not too many people go and it's quite something. But you could do it. You could do it. You could do it. And I thought to myself, I could do it. They said, I, Mom and Daddy said I could do it. So I could. And, and I mean, I, two or three other things throughout those formative years, I come running in, I'm going to do, you know, I'm going to be this. I'm going to do that. And they look me in the face, look me in the eye and say, you could do it. You could, you're smart. You're strong. You, you can do it. I thought I can do it. Glory to God. I didn't say glory to God, but I'd go back out and play with my dump truck and think, I can be an astronaut. Remember, we read up here, unless you become converted and become like a little child, you can't enter into the kingdom of God. And one of the things about a little child is it's just simple faith. Just absolutely believe it. I believed it. And I grew up believing I could do anything. Sometimes it got me in trouble. <laughs> I believed I was evil Knievel part of the time. I believed I was Tarzan some days. And I made many visits to the emergency room to get sewed up. But one of the reasons, because I believed I could do it. People say, can you swing from that tree and over that gully and can you dive over them rocks? I think, yes, I can. <laughs> Watch this. Can you pop a wheelie from here to here? Yes, I can. Watch me. <laughs> can you burn rubber from here to here? Yes, I can. I wound up talking to the officer. 
But that same thing is in me today. Can you start a church with no people and no money? Yes, we can. (laughs) Can you start another church? Yes, we can. Can you send out materials and not charge for them? Yes, we can. Words have the power to come get in you and make you to become something you were not. Make you to become more than you were, greater than you are. And God would use you to speak such words over others, especially your own family. Can you say amen? Can you say glory to God? Go with me to Hebrews, please. I know we didn't read Ephesians yet, but we shall see. Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11 is the great faith chapter. Examples of people who lived by faith, walked by faith, and spoke by faith, and had amazing, outstanding things happen to them and for them. And in the midst of these are these two statements that I want us to focus on today. In the 20th verse, Hebrews 11 and 20, it says, By faith, Isaac did what? He blessed Jacob and Esau. That's his two boys. He blessed them concerning what? Things to come. You might call this prophesying about the future, but yet that's not what this calls it. What does it call it? Blessing. And how does it say he did it? How did he do it? Didn't say he was caught up and had a vision. Didn't say he heard a voice. Didn't say he had an angelic visitation. Didn't say the Spirit of God came on him strong and he was caught up and said some things. He did this how? He did it by faith. Now, we know some things just by nature of that phrase. When you do something by faith, faith is the substance of, substance of things what? Hoped for or expected that you don't see them yet. It's in the future. And the evidence of things what? Not. So this, they're not going by what they are seeing and feeling or anything that's happened yet. They're doing this how? By faith, which is not by feeling. Not by sight. They did it by faith. The next verse says a similar thing. Verse 21. By faith Jacob. When he was a dying. He blessed both the sons of Joseph. And worshipped leaning upon the top of his staff. Paints a picture of an older man. At the end of his race. At the end of his life. And they bring his grandboys to him. And he reaches over and puts his hand on them and he says some things over their life. Why did he say these things? It was a blessing. And how did he do it? Didn't say he had a vision. Didn't say the the room shook. Didn't say power came on him. He did this how? He did it by faith. We're called to blessing. But we're also called to bless. Look at this verse. Who blessed who? Jacob blessed the sons of Joseph. Verse 20. Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau. Who blessed? Their daddy blessed them. 
Now we haven't grown up being familiar with that kind of language in a lot of our churches in the states and in modern times. We think, well, no, God's the blesser. And I can't bless. Actually, you can. Are you with me? Actually, you can. And you're supposed to. Hear how quiet it got. Let's read the scripture. By faith, what? Who? Who Isaac blessed. What is blessing? Blessing is speaking words that do what? That empower, enable to increase and to become greater, to become more. One of the frequent blessings that God spoke over people was be fruitful and multiply. What is that? Produce and become bigger. Multiply, become greater. Produce and become greater. And he taught his people to bless each other in a similar way. Now, it's not just random, but here's another scripture that's very important. Hebrews 7, while you're there in Hebrews, just back up a little bit to the 7th chapter. Hebrews 7 and 6, previous verses talked about how that Melchizedek had blessed Abraham. And verse, well, let's just skip on down to verse 7. It says, without all contradiction, the less is blessed of the better. Say that out loud. The less less is blessed blessed of the better. better. Actually, the word better might be better translated greater. A lot of modern translations will say greater. Greater. And uh, I guess, what is the complete Jewish Bible? says it like this, the one who blesses has higher status than the one who receives the blessing. This is not talking about one person intrinsically being better than the other person. It's a person having a greater place, a greater place, an anointing and a place greater. And even though we are all equally loved, And none of us is better than the other as far as inside and and just being a person. And the Lord don't love any one of us more than the other. He doesn't play favorites. Yet we don't all have the same place. And we don't all have the same rank in the body of Christ and in the church. Now this is something that hadn't been taught enough. People think, well, we're, we're all equal in the Lord. Yes, in being saved and being loved, but no, we don't all have the same place. All right, there is greater and lesser rank and place and position. A lot of folks haven't been taught it. They don't believe it. They don't like to think about it. We need to think about it. It's something that we're missing out on if we don't embrace it and develop in it. God has called us to blessing, he's also called us to bless. But it's not just any and everybody blessing everybody in every way. The lesser position is blessed of the greater position. Like the kind of thing we're talking about now, the parents can speak over the children, but not the children speaking over the parents. 
Are you with me? Because why? They don't have the same place. And there's certain things your pastor could speak over you that you couldn't speak over your pastor. Like what just happened up here this morning with the children. Not anybody could pray for the child, but not everybody's weight words would have the same weight. As if the God, if the Lord raised this church up and He put us over it and He joined these folks here and we have a place and a joining, then it's not because of me, it'd be because of the anointing on the leadership. Come on, can you see it? But then also there's a grace to speak with faith that it'd be different than the way somebody else would say it. I absolutely, totally believe every word I spoke over these children comes to pass in their life. I believe it. Do you? (laughs) Well, you have a place. And particularly over your children and and some other situations, as you know, the Lord has graced you to have a place of, of leadership or oversight or whatever. Your words can be powerful in their life, which is why you must watch. I, uh, I tell our staff, and Phyllis and I talk about this, and I tell our staff, anytime something comes up, somebody does something stupid and, and messes up or makes a mistake, I watch what I say over them. Because I believe my word, if they're our family, our people, my words carry weight in their life. I know everybody don't believe that, but I do. And it's true for folks that believe it. And so I'm not going to call them a failure. I'm not going to call them a mess up. I'm not going to call them dumb. I'm not going to call them a sinner. I'm not going to call them a bad thing. Because I believe my words carry weight in their life. No matter what they've done, they need me to speak good over them. They got enough stuff working against them. And so no matter how it looks, I need to say what the Lord would give me to say over them. And I, I don't just say it randomly. I may be riding in the car. I may be in the plane. I may be doing something else. But I'll think about somebody in some situation or somebody will tell me something that's happened. And I'll just say it out loud. They'll be enlightened. They'll see what they need to see. What am I doing? I'm speaking blessing into them and over them. And the more they have submitted themselves to us and the more place they've given us in their life, the more right I have to say that. And the more, the more weight my words will carry. Now, if they don't think anything of us, if they don't respect us, they haven't submitted to us at all, then oftentimes I'm very limited in what I can say. I just know in my heart, I don't, I don't have the place. These things are real. I said, these things are real. And we should be operating in much more of it than what we are, but people are so independent. <laughs> you know, they, they just, you know, they want ministry, but they don't want to give place to it in these ways. And they look at it as a negative thing, but I'm telling you, if you need help, you'd be real glad somebody would have the right and would have a place to say some words that would matter in your life. It's not about somebody controlling you. It's about receiving the full benefit of the gifts and people that God's put in your life. Can you say amen? Are you holding a verse? You're still in Hebrews 7? Let's look. These, we won't take time to look at it in detail, but when he said that Isaac blessed his sons, 
Isaac spoke over them these very kind of things. Be fruitful and multiply and increase. And, and when uh, the other one, uh, Jacob, spoke over Joseph's son, his grandsons, he said, let them grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. Can you see all blessing has to do with increase? And multiplication. When Jesus lifted up the little boy's lunch. And the Bible said that he blessed it. What's the next thing that happened after he blessed it? Did it become greater? It multiplied. Into a huge number. And fed everybody. The blessing multiplies. Increases. Causes to become greater. Go with me to uh, Luke please. Luke. And the 10th chapter. A word that is used many times in the scriptures to invoke blessing, speak blessing, is the word peace. Peace be to you. Peace to you. Peace be to you. And the word peace is bigger than sometimes we've understood in our English language. The Hebrew word shalom, the words that are used in the Greek They encompass a lot. That's why I kept saying prosperity when I'm speaking over the little ones. Because when he said peace be to you, it included the idea, yes, of being protected and and being safe uh, and being calm and being at rest. But it also includes the idea of no lack and no want. Why? Because if you're hungry and you can't pay your bills, what does it do to your peace? Uh, how can you be totally happy and at peace and, and uh, you're satisfied? Every need is met. Every bill is paid. And so the idea of abundance and plenty and safety and good relations, prosperity, success. One definition is nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking. Well, that would make you sit back and go, Ah, man. Uh, one of the definitions is to be well with or to be well off. Everybody knows well off sounds like prosperity. For it to be well with you, well with your soul, well with your house, well with your business, well with your kids and grandkids and great grandkids, well with your mind, it's well with me. All that's summed up in that one word, peace, in the English. And in Luke 10, Jesus gave his disciples a charge. I believe it applies to us. In Luke 10 and 5, what did he say? Jesus said, talking to his disciples, into whatever house you enter, you say something. What do you say? Peace, the word B is in italics, but uh, it is implied. Peace to this house. Now, what did he tell them to do? He told them to say something. When they come, because he's sending them out to minister. And he said, wherever you go and wherever you wind up staying, whoever you wind up staying with. Of course, they didn't have all the hotels and stuff that they have today. And even as recently as the 50s and 60s, you know, preachers usually stayed in somebody's home. Still today you have some of that. But he said, when you come in and somebody's letting you stay in their house and 
You come in. They are extending respect and kindness to the Lord by receiving his, aren't they? And he said, this is, I want you to do something. How many know the Lord is not a taker? And boy, you do something for him, you cannot give him. He's going to bless you. And he said, you say this, peace to this house. Now read the next verse, verse 6. And if the son of peace, what does that mean, a son of peace? It would be somebody who is open to it. Somebody who would receive peace. Who would believe it. If the son of peace be there. You hear this next phrase? Whose peace? Your peace. Shall rest upon it. This is not empty words echoing through somebody's house. If somebody respects it and believes it and will receive it. When you say peace to this house. Tangible peace will come in and rest on that house and everybody in it. And Jesus told them to do this, didn't he? I don't think we've taken this seriously enough. I think it's kind of been lost. Well, Jesus hadn't changed. And if not, if what not, if it's not a son of peace, if it's not somebody that respects it or believes it or receives it, then it won't rest on them. It'll turn to you again. What does that mean? It'll come back on you. It'll stay with you. Is this peace real? It is. And it's not just so you can be calm and serene. What does this peace include? We've already talked about. Nothing missing. Nothing broken. Nothing lacking. It is to be well with you and yours. To be well off. To prosper. To succeed. It's blessing. And it's all so much blessing summed up in one word. Peace. When Jesus is raised from the dead and he shows up, what did he say to him? First thing he said to him, peace. Peace. You know, it become popular for people to hold up signs, say peace. And, and today, I guess the hip hop version is peace out. And... <laughs> Which means nothing. Somebody trying to be cool. Whatever that is. And I'm just giving you that as an example. Of how empty words have become. When you and I. Are supposed to be walking into places. And under the right circumstances. Say. Peace. To this house. And if people believe it. Something happens. Another level. Of peace. Not to say they didn't have any. But see, what if somebody's smarty and they meet you in the door and go, we have some peace, thank you very much. We're not heathen in here. This is a saved house. Well, smart Alex missed blessings. <laughs> if somebody, now again, the less is blessed of the greater. So this is not just to be done haphazardly and randomly. But if somebody that has a place in your life comes in and says, peace on this house, on this family, what do you say? Are you a son of peace? Then what do you say? 
it's time for you to throw up your hands and close your eyes and say, I receive it. I receive it on me and my kids. What? Peace and increase and prosperity and, and plenty. The power to cause us to become greater. And if you do, it happens. How many know Jesus wouldn't tell us to do something? Tell them, tell us to do something. It's just an empty, dead ritual and nothing to it. No, this is real. In the scripture in the New Testament, we see this kind of thing numerous places. In the epistles, Paul said, peace be to the brethren. First Peter, he said, grace to you and peace be multiplied. Third John, peace be to you. Now see, we've read that so much till we think they're saying howdy. Hi y'all. Peace, bro. That's because our words have been so powerless and empty. We haven't realized they were doing what Jesus told them to do, even in a letter. I don't know if you noticed or not, but for years, all my letters start out the same way. Grace and peace to you and yours. And I'm not just saying howdy. I'm releasing my faith. And I'm believing when people open up that envelope and they unfold that and they read it, whether they read it silently or they read it uh, out loud, that the peace of God comes in. And grace comes on. What? And they're just sitting there reading that letter. And after that, and the days after that, that power is working in their life. The presence of God to cause them and theirs to become greater. And if they believe it, and if they respect it, it will. And if they don't, my peace and blessing will come back on me. And the same with you. I know we haven't walked in these things, a lot of people haven't, like they should. Some of it sounds strange and foreign. But I'm reading the New Testament. I'm reading the words of Jesus. He's never changed. It's the organized church that has gotten away from it. It's preachers that quit preaching it and quit practicing it. This is the devil don't want us blessing each other. Does he? He wants to keep us confused and in the curse. But the Lord would minister to us through us. I said he'd minister to us through us. Do you believe it? How many think we ought to act on that word? Peace be to you. In Psalm 122, a lot of people are familiar with talking about praying for the peace of Jerusalem. And in verse 7, here is part of the prayer, Psalm 122, 7. Peace be within your walls. And what else? Prosperity. I told you they go together. Within your palaces. Verse 8. For my brethren and companions sake, I will now say what? I'll say what? Peace, peace be within you. In closing, I think, go to your place in Ephesians where you were holding earlier so you don't miss out on this great, great verse. Ephesians 4. You are called to blessing and you and I are called to bless. Said out loud, I'm not a curser. I'm not a dammer. I'm a blesser. I'm blessed. I'm called to blessing. And I bless. Amen. Isaac blessed his boys. Uh, Joseph blessed. You and I are to bless. 
Listen to me, parent. You don't have to wait till you hear an audible voice or you have some kind of spectacular experience before the Lord. How did these men do this? They did it by faith. And there are times you'll be with your kids and your grandkids or you'll be with your spouse or, or some of your family. And Don't be presumptuous. The less is blessed of the greater. But if you have the place and it comes up in your heart, be bold. Be strong. Look at your boy. Look at your girl. Take them by the hand. Say something over them. Do it by faith. Back uh, nearly 30 years ago now, I had just getting started in the ministry. And my grandmother was a great influence in my life for the Lord. Sister Lena Pearl Moore. Secretary and treasurer of the Cherry Chapel Pentecostal Church. And uh, God uh, used her tremendously. She taught generations of children in the Sunday school. And, and uh, I saw grown men come to her house and kneel down by her chair and ask her to pray for them and when they're trying to, you know, getting back to God. And great influence, influence in my life. And uh, I knew she was nearing the end of her uh, time and we were in school and Bible school and some things. And I began to see about this. And I thought, man, this is important. And I came home and we went up and visited. And, and I said, Mama, would you lay hands on me and bless me? And she said, yeah, honey, I will. She laid hands on me, little hands, she's older. And she starts praying and crying. Glory to God. I'm telling you the presence of God came on me. And about the only thing she said to me was, bless him. Bless him. Bless him. If you're saying something as a knee jerk after somebody sneezed, God bless you. It doesn't mean a thing. And it won't affect or change anything. But old friend, when somebody in faith, somebody say in faith, in faith, in faith, who believes in it and releases power, what did Jesus say when you said peace on this house? He said, it'll come. It'll come. Peace will come and settle on that house. I believe the words of Jesus. Do you? This is real. This is not imaginary. This is not psychological. It's not just mental or emotional. It's not just getting worked up. This is real. And this peace is not just something to make you feel good and enjoy. This is power to make you more than you were. Glory to God. This is power in the presence of God to cause you to become greater than what you've been. I got a picture in my office. Right next to my desk. Of me and Phyllis standing in front of Brother Kenneth Hagin and Miss Aretha as they laid hands on us. Special day to me. And spoke blessing over our life. I know, I know. After that time, I had something I didn't have before. It wasn't all manifest, but it was there and it just kept getting stronger year after year. Why? Because when people of faith speak words of faith to people of faith who receive them, mighty things happen. Mighty things happen. Increase comes. 
that makes greater. Can you say glory to God? Ephesians 4 and 29. What did he say? Let no, how much? None. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Now corrupt is the idea of rotten. Like a banana that's rotted or a piece of fruit or something. Which another definition is worthless words. And another one is hurtful words. Let no worthless, bad, rotten, hurtful words, communication proceed out of your mouth. But what should be coming out of your mouth? That which is good to the use of edifying. Edifying means building up. That it may do what? Inform people? Give them some information? No. This is is far beyond information. What you're saying actually ministers grace to the hearers. Every time I get up to speak, including right now, I'm not just believing for something to come out that people can make a note about. And tap your your head and go, hmm... That's an interesting thought. I believe when Jesus spoke, it was life. Do you? I believe people that sat and heard him speak, they didn't know a fraction of what was going on with their heads, but words of life were coming right into their spirit, cause enabling them to be something that they had not been. And I believe every church and every ministry and every man and every woman of God that speaks the word of God under the anointing of God, by the call of God, that life is supposed to be flowing in those words. Strength is is supposed to be ministering something real that's beyond your mind. Everybody say, minister grace. This is not just for preachers. He's talking to everybody when he says, don't let any corrupt, bad communication come out of your mouth. But what? That which is good. Somebody say that which is good. That which is good. The Weiss translation says. Let every word that's rotten. And unfit for use. Out of your mouth. Let it not be proceeding. But whatever is good. And suitable for education. Education. That's not the right word. Edification. (laughs) With respect to the need. In order that it may impart grace to the hearers. The new century says when you talk. Do not say harmful things. But say what people need. Words that will help others become stronger. Don't you like that? Then what you say. Are you reading that? What you say will what? What you say. What you're saying will do good. To those who listen to you. Our words are not just informing. They're doing something. They're doing something. They're doing something. Thank you Lord. Sometimes you need to put your your arm around your child. and Look them in the eye and tell them. You will overcome this. You will beat this. You will learn this. You will be able to do this. And this is not just a pep talk. You're releasing faith. 
And if you release faith, these words will minister grace. How many know God's grace is sufficient? With enough grace, you can do anything. With enough grace, you can overcome anything. With enough grace, you can receive and be and do anything. And words coming out of our mouths can minister this amazing grace to others who will receive them. Peace be to you. Be blessed. Be strong. Be encouraged. Be bright in your mind. Be quick in your thinking. In your soul, be at rest. Be at peace. Peace be on you and your children and your grandchildren and in your house and in your car and in your place of business. The very peace of God that passes understanding. Keep your heart and mind in Jesus Christ. And the favor of the Lord be. I told you you're not too old to be blessed. Come on now. The little ones had their turn. Now is yours right now. In your life, everything you put your hand to, the favor of the Lord be on you. And the grace of the Lord be on you and in you and with you. And your way be prospered before you and prepared before you in Jesus' name. And be increased and become more. Be enlarged and become greater in this year, 2011. Be increased, be enlarged, become greater, become more than you've been to the glory of God. In Jesus' name. Somebody say thank you, Lord. Stand on your feet, everybody. Oh, let's lift up our hands and thank Him. I'm telling you, blessings in the place. Oh, thank you, Lord. Peace is upon us. Oh, just close your eyes and lift your hands. Lift your hearts. Oh, thank you, Master. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Your peace is upon us. Working mightily in us. Changing us. Increasing us. Making us more. Hallelujah. Causing us to become greater. Oh, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.